You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Listen, we're talking about our core values of our church, and today on Big Day, we're going to talk about blessed to be a blessing. And our focus is not going to be on the blessed part. You know, so often when we pray and when we think about the, even that statement, I'm blessed to be a blessing, we think more about the blessed and then instead of being a blessing. I, I want to focus on being the blessing because if you focus on being the blessing, the blessed part will take care of itself. Pastor Sean just read a scripture on that. He said, put my kingdom first. And he said, here comes the blessing. Put, here comes the blessing. And so we're going to talk more about that. And so go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And it says, we're going to start in verse 7. It says, let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. From the joy of giving. You know, God, he looks at the heart in everything. He said, when you pray, I look at your heart. When you give, I look at your heart. When you serve, I look at your heart. He's always looking at the motives. And we know he said, you have not because you Ask not, or you don't have because you ask what they wrong motive or a wrong heart. So he's always looking at the heart behind everything. And he's saying right here, I look at the heart behind your giving. I look at your heart behind your giving. You know, are you giving freely or are you doing it because it's some religious duty? You know, that you were told to be religious, you got to do this. And, and I'm, when I talk about giving, I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about serving and giving away your, uh, your, the compliments and encouragement and peace and joy and love. There's all kinds of things we give. It's not just finances. It's our life. And he said, man, I want you to do it freely. I want you to do it freely. I don't want you to, another translation says, don't do it begrudgingly. Have you ever given something to somebody, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, and you're like, oh, man, I'm supposed to give it. I need to give it. Uh, uh, man, everybody expects me to give it. And you give it, but you're like, darn. I really didn't want to give that. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. i just show my hand. I've done it. And so God said, man, I won't value that. And you know, as, as I was learning how to be a Christian, man, I, uh, I was so stingy before I was a Christian that the whole, the whole giving thing was new to me, giving anything, giving time, giving a, whatever. I, I, didn't, I wasn't a giver at all. And so, uh, you know, I would be like, okay, I know this is right. And I would always begrudge it. And I'd be like, mm. and it'd be like, if it was finances, it's like they, God had to rip it out of my hands. It came out in like centimeters for me to let it go, but even my time, my energy, you know, people say, hey, can you come serve, and you can come do this, I'm like, hmm, that's my time, that's mine, everything was mine, I never got past two years old, mine, 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 you know, and I didn't, I hadn't matured past that, and so even when I did give, I gave begrudgingly, and I remember God began to deal with my heart, and he said, Troy, that's not counting uh, in my kingdom for anything, he said, I don't count. Just like your prayers, asking for stuff don't count when your motive's wrong. What does he say? He said, you just want to spend it on yourself. And he's not just talking about money there either. He's talking about anything you ask for. He said, you just, it's just a battle about you. And he said, Troy, I want to teach you 
to be a blessing. Our, our core value is blessed to be a blessing. But he said, I want to teach you how to be a blessing because when you become a blessing to others, then the blessed part will just automatically take care of itself. It's automatic in God's kingdom. When you focus on being the blessing instead of focused on just being blessed. Now, how many of your prayers are going to change after today? That instead of saying, God bless me, you're going to say, God make me a blessing. I hope a bunch. There was about 10 groans. Amen. A couple groans. Don't groan. Uh, embrace it. God, make, make me a blessing. I want to be a blessing, God. This is what I know about being a blessing. When you focus on being a blessing and you start pouring out blessings, God will give you bigger buckets. He'll keep giving you a bigger bucket. Every time you're a blessing, he'll say, oh, you're being a blessing. You need a bigger bucket. What does that mean? I got to give you some more of that. To pour out more because you're being a blessing. We, we have to start focusing on, on the blessed part and just focus on being the blessing. And when we're focused on being the blessing, well, it'll just, the, the other stuff just starts coming. What did, God, what did uh, God's word say that Pastor Sean said? said? Put the kingdom of God first and I'll add. When you be a blessing to the kingdom, he said, I'll add. He says it again right here. We just got to keep reading. He says, I want your heart to be right. He said, I want, you to, I want you to freely from the joy of giving. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Another translation says, God loves a cheerful giver. Another translation says, God won't do without a prompt to do it, cheerful giver. What does that mean he won't do without? I mean, he'll prolong your life. He'll keep blessing you because he loves people that not only are a blessing, but they're prompt to do it. They're quick. Like God says, do it. You just do it. You do it on time. How many of you know the electric company likes it when you pay on time? How many know your bank likes it when you pay on time? Everybody likes it when people pay on time. And God said, I like it too when you're prompt, you do it on time, and you do it with a cheerful heart. We don't always pay our bills with a cheerful heart. We just do it because it's the right thing to do, right? But God says when it comes to giving, he wants us to be cheerful. Matter of fact, he uses the word hilarious here because that's really the, the, a greater translation of that word. He wants us to, to, be a, he wants to see hilarious generosity. What's hilarious generosity look like? Man, it's just, you're so full of joy doing it that not only does your giving bless the person you're giving to, but your heart behind the cheerfulness behind it blesses them. The whole world needs to see this type of givers. They need to see a joyful, cheerful people and that, that are givers. And so here we go. Let's keep reading. He says, yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of, of what? Everything, every moment, and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do, just as the scriptures say about the one who trusts in him because he has, what's that next word? Sown, is it up here? Because he has sown extravagantly. Didn't say because he prayed to be blessed extravagantly. He said he, he sowed extravagantly. It all begins with the sowing. 
So much, so often we're focused on the harvest of being blessed that we're not focused on the sowing of how you get blessed. How you get blessed is you be a blessing. You know, I know people, man, they're in generational poverty. You wanna know how to break generational poverty? Be a blessing. Well, I don't have anything to be a blessing with. Oh, absolutely you do. If you have a mouth and a tongue, you can be a blessing. How's that? I can just say, man, Pastor Sean, that haircut you got, it looks really good. On your head. That's kind of a, that's kind of a compliment. No, you know what I'm talking about, though. I, we, we, talk, we talk to each other all the time. I'll say, man, I really like that shirt or those shoes. Or, I mean, and it's true compliments. It's, and then I'll say stuff that's even more important. Like, man, Pastor I like the way you, how kind you were to them. Because it's even more important to compliment character than it is the outward appearance. And a compliment is different than flattery. Flattery, you're trying to, you're trying to deceive and manipulate and get something from people. Compliments are you're giving something. You're being a blessing. It's, it's something you're giving away, and you don't want anything in return. If you have a mouth and a tongue, you can be a blessing. Can I say this? One of the biggest holes in people's lives is they didn't receive a blessing from their father. What kind of blessing? Affirmation like that. Affirmation. They didn't hear from their father, you're beautiful. They didn't hear from their father, man, you're a, you're a good young man. You're a good boy. You're a good girl. They didn't hear from their father, you're kind. They didn't hear, they never got affirmation like that. I love you. I'm proud of you. And for some of you who didn't get it, guess what? I, you have a father that gives it to you bigger than any natural father could ever give it to you. How do, how do you know that, Pastor Troy? You had the perfect parents. No, I didn't. My mom was a Christian. My dad wasn't. I never heard him say, I'm proud of you. I love you. And I'm okay. I'm okay. You know why I'm okay? Because my father in heaven, he said, I'm proud of you and I love you. That filled that hole. So if you didn't have that, that's awesome. If you had a father that affirmed you, you know how much that meant to you. And if you don't, look around the room at some of the people crying tears and you should very much appreciate that you had that. And if you're a father in the room, you need to give that away. You need to be a blessing to those around you and affirm them on a consistent basis. Son, I like the way you did that. Son, I'm glad you shared. Son, I'm glad you loved. Son, I'm glad you were kind. Son, I'm glad you have integrity. Son, I'm glad you told the truth. Son, I'm glad, and you just constantly affirming those characters, those godly characters in them. And for daughters, it's, even, it's just as important, maybe even more, to be told how beautiful they are. That, that true beauty is, there is beauty on the outside, but there's also, even more importantly, beauty on the inside. And how much God treasures them, and how much God wants to bless them. We need, we need the blessing from our Father, but we need to be blessing each other. And, and being a blessing, when I talk about being that, I'm not just talking about doing it. I'm talking about allowing God to make you a blessing. So you don't bless, you are a blessing. You're a blessing at home, you're a blessing at work, and you're not perfect, but man, you are consistently being, being a blessing to those around you. 
God asked this, what do you have in your hand? What do you have have in your hand that you can be a blessing with? What do you have in your mouth you can be a blessing with? What can you do? What do you have in your strength? What can you do to be a blessing? What gift has God given you to be a blessing? Can you fix that? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you just show up and be like me? I'm great manual labor. I'm not good skilled labor. But I'm really good manual labor. I always always was the guy, I'd say, nah, you don't want me to fix that. But I'll carry everything you need over there. I'll be a mule. I'd carry all the shingles to the top of the roof. I could shingle a house. I I was pretty good at that. But uh, why other guys that were even more skilled and faster than I was, I'd carry all, this is before they had, you know, all these easy ways to carry shingles up. I was the shingle carrier. I'd put them on my shoulder and climb up the ladder and throw them on the roof. I was good manual labor. But you know that? That's what I could give. Someone say amen. You can give that. You can be a blessing with that. God doesn't want us just to live, live blessed. He wants us to be a blessing. And our focus needs to come off of being blessed. And focus needs to go to being a blessing. And when you focus on being a blessing, you are blessed. He says it right here. Because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. And he's not just talking about the poor financially. He's talking about the poor in spirit. He said, this generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. How does he multiply it? As you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. That's what I said. I said it. I said it because God says it, that your bucket will get, the more blessings you pour out, the bigger your bucket God will give you to pour out if you'll focus on being the blessing. Sometimes we have to get our eyes off all the negative things. You know, jealousy and envy always gets its eyes on what we don't have. What gets our eyes on what we do have? I'll tell you what does. Gratitude. Gratitude does. Gratitude gets your eyes off of what you don't have and gets your eyes on what you do have. Jealousy and envy always looks at what you don't have. You could be, you could have everything this world desires and and be full of wantonness because you're jealous and envious about someone else or something else, always wanting, never having. And you could, you could be living a more modest life and be full of the gratitude. You won't stay that, that way long. Yet, this is how I know that. Because the, the more you focus on being a blessing, I mean, that, what I say modest, let's say middle class or whatever, uh, you want to classify it financially, uh, God will continue. He said right there, I'm going to continue to multiply your seed. So if you multiply the seed, what else multiplies? The harvest. So if, the most, if he multiplies your seed, and he multiplies the harvest, then he multiplies the seed, then he multiplies the harvest, he multiplies the seed. But what comes first? The seed comes first, before the harvest. Let's focus on being the blessing everywhere we go. Let's focus on being generous everywhere we go. But first, and first it has to begin that you're grateful for what you do have. 
You know, I say this, I don't know if people believe it. I really encourage you, if you can ever go on a missions trip to a third world country, which is most of the world, 80, 90% of the world, that much, you really need to go. You need to go with us to Mexico and look what, what's happening just right across that border. We're so blessed. I said, we're so blessed. You have to be reminded sometimes that a roof over your head, food in your belly. You know, I want to remind you how big a blessing having a running water in your house is. You know, I, I'm reading stories all the time about cities in India that have 500,000 people living in these cities working in factories. They all work for a couple factories, okay? And, and, and listen, listen to this. 500,000 people, think about this for a moment, and have, they have no sewage. The sewage is a ditch out in front of their house that runs to a massive ditch that goes around the city. Now, the next time you walk in your bathroom and see a toilet that works, you need to say, thank you, Jesus. I, 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 that sounds so maybe crude or simple, but it's, it's not crude or simple. It's, you should be... Man, you got to start being thankful for some of even the little things. God said, faithful with the little ruler over much. You have to start being thankful sometimes with the little things in order to be thankful for the big things. But we can never get to being a blessing until we're, we're grateful for what we do have and get our eyes on what we don't have, off of what we don't have. And, and rejoice in that. Rejoice in what you do have. You know, when I was a little kid, I only visited my grandparents on my mom's side twice. And they live in a place called Groundhog Valley, Pennsylvania. You never heard of it. It's not even on a map. That's how little it is. And the first time we visited, all they had was outhouses. First time I'd ever seen an outhouse. At first, it was like an adventure. And then it became a real adventure. We saw all the spiders and everything else in there. And I wasn't used to that. And the next time we went, my grandfather, my parents, my mom told me, he's got indoor plumbing now. Well, my grandfather was a little ornery because they, so many of his kids had complained about not having indoor plumbing. He said, okay, I'll give you indoor plumbing. So he put the toilet down in the basement in the middle of the floor. He didn't put it in a corner. He, did, he put it right smack dab, and the only light in that basement was right over that toilet. Just a singing light, a single light hanging down. And it, you had your back to the door. I called it the nervous seat because every time you heard a noise, you're like, someone, hey, I'm in there. I'm like, man, my old grandpa was so ornery. I thought I was going to really appreciate that toilet, but I'm like, I'm going to go to the outhouse, deal with the spiders and the splinters. <laughs> be constantly nervous there. But you know what? You, you just got to learn to be thankful. Thankful for the little things. God will help you. He'll give you the bigger things. Why? Because you're thankful with what you do have. And you desire, because you're thankful for what you do have, you become a blessing for what you do have. Now, he doesn't hold you accountable for what you don't have. He only holds you accountable for what you do have. And when you be a blessing like that, whoo, look out. Look out. You're going to need a bigger bucket. You're going to need a bigger bucket. Gonna need a bigger barn because God loves people that like to bless. He said this 
Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. It will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way. How many ways? As you give generously on every occasion. For when, you, for when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. To God be the glory, right? When we give out of a heart attitude of, of gratitude and we, we're so thankful for what God has given us and we be a blessing to others, others see and say, man, thank God. Even recently with some of the controversy around some of the things I've said, people have said, man, he said that, but boy, Church on the Move has been good to people. We're gonna be good. We're known for our goodness, right? God wants you to be known for your goodness. He wants it when you walk in the room, everybody's, everybody's thinking, here comes the blessing. Here comes the blessing. They don't just act like they're blessing people. They are a blessing. They live like a blessing because that you can become the blessing by being thankful for what God has already given you and getting your eyes off what you don't have, get your eyes on what you do have and, and be a blessing with what you do have. And God said, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna create in you through my spirit. I'm gonna create in you a generous spirit. I'm gonna create, you're gonna be a blessing. Why does he want you to be a blessing? Well, because from creation, he's spoken over us. Anything that he creates is already blessed. Let's go to Genesis chapter one. Genesis one. This is verse 22. It says, and God blessed them. Who did he bless? Saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. Let's stop right there. Who did he bless? He blessed the animals. Everything he creates, he blesses. Even the animals. He said, you're blessed and now you're gonna be a blessing and you're gonna, what, what happens when the blessing comes on you? Things multiply. Things begin to multiply. Then go to generous, uh, gen, generous, might as well be generous. Genesis chapter one, verse 27 and 28 says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. What did he do? And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He said, I, I'm gonna bless you to be a... He said, go. He said, I blessed you with life. Now go be a blessing. You know, the things that happen to us when we're young that are negative are all designed by the devil to tell us that we're not blessed and that we weren't created to be a blessing. Let me say that again. All the things that happen to us when we're children, all the negative things, were all designed to tell us we're not blessed and to tell us we weren't made to be a blessing. But everything God creates is already blessed. When he spoke that blessing over Adam and Eve, he spoke it over us. Let me say it again. When he spoke it then, he spoke it over us. He, but what did he tell them to do? He said, I've blessed you. Now go be a, go be a blessing. Go be a blessing. What happens when you're a blessing? Things multiply. Things begin to happen. Let's go and look at Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. It says this, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, this is verse one, from your family and from your father's house, verse two, to a land that I will show you, keep going, to verse two, I will make you a great nation, I will, and make your name great, and you shall be, 
He said, I'm gonna, everything, he's, everything he creates, he blesses. He was creating the nation of Israel right here, and guess what else he was creating? He was creating the lineage of Jesus. He said, I have blessed you, now go be a blessing. Jesus was born to be a blessing. Jesus came to be a blessing. There's no greater blessing you've ever received if you're right with, G, right with Jesus. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life and you receive forgiveness of your sins, and with that forgiveness comes freedom, you're no longer a slave to sin. Doesn't mean you don't sin, but it's your choice now. When you don't have Jesus, you don't have a choice. You're being driven. You're a slave to it. It's controlling you. It's dominating your life. But when you have Jesus, you get free from it. Now you're having to make decisions because God always brings freedom. So he brings freedom from slavery, from sin in this life. Then he also, he brings freedom from eternal death in the next and gives us eternal life. So free people and, and people who are on their way to heaven, if you really believe that you've been blessed like that, how can you not be a blessing until, if you really believe Jesus is the only way to heaven, the only way to live free here, how can you not be a blessing until everybody you know when the door opens that? That's the greatest blessing we can give. I, I can give you a lot of gifts, but the greatest gift I can give you is I can introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to be a blessing? You should tell people when the door opens. That doesn't mean we force doors open or kick doors down or beat people over the head with the Bible, but when the door opens, man, they, they give us an inch. We take a mile. We step on in and say, hey, you, you, you're dealing with this? Let me tell you who can help you with that. You're dealing with depression? Let me tell you who can help you with that. You're dealing with addiction? Let me tell you who can help you with that. You're dealing with your family's falling apart. Let me tell you who can help you. Let me tell you who puts families back together. Let me tell you who frees people from addiction. Let me tell you who takes your depression and turns it into joy. Let me tell you who takes problems and does miracles. Let me introduce you to King Jesus. He's the one. Man, if you know Jesus, you can be a blessing by telling, inviting, by showing you know, most people, I think it's like 90% of all people will never read the Bible. The only Bible they'll read is you. What do they think of Jesus? What do they think of Jesus? Do they think he's a blessing? That's why God wants us to be the blessing, so they know he's the blessor. That that's where that comes from. It comes from him. It derives from him. Now, I'm going to deal with a couple of other issues, but go with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And I'm going to deal with how, how, do we, how do we deal with that from a financial standpoint? Now, I know we get this rap, you know, you see it and I hear it. I've heard it since I've, you know, been here. When I first came here to, to Church on the Move, I always heard around town, they'd say, who are you? And I'd say, I'm the pastor of Church on the Move. Oh, the poor church. And they looked down on us. And then we, start, we started giving. We started being a blessing, and now we're not the poor church because when you're a blessing, God begins to bless. And now we're the rich church. And all we want, before, all we needed was your money. Now all we want is your money. You get it? We needed it because we were poor. Now all the, that's all we want. Can I tell you something? Neither one of those are true. That's not, what we're, that's not what this is about. This is about honoring God's word. Okay, so I'm gonna teach you something about finances. Number one, in Luke it says, if you aren't faithful with the world's goods, 
with money, the world's money? He said, how can he trust you with the eternal things, which are people's lives? He said, listen, he even said, don't put anybody in spiritual leadership that doesn't handle the personal finances well. A lot of people want to be in spiritual leadership, but they don't handle handle anything personally. They don't handle the personal finances, their personal relationships, but yet they want to be King Jelly Bean of of Jesus' church. It's not going to work. God said it's not going to work. He said, first you've got to do it right at home, and in your personal life, then I'll elevate you. Someone say amen. amen. And so what he says about, about handling finances, he said, listen, he says, bring all the tithe into my house. Do you notice he doesn't say give? He says bring. That's like me calling you up and saying, hey, Beto, bring my lawnmower back. I don't call him and say, hey, give me, will you give me out of the generosity of your heart my lawnmower? He doesn't have my lawnmower. One of my kids has my lawnmower. They think I gave it to them too. I don't. But he's, I wouldn't say give it to me. I'd say, can you bring it back? Why? Because it's whose? It's mine. He said, bring the tithe, not give the tithe. He said, I blessed you with this. Now you bring back to me what I say belongs to me. I thank God he only said 10%. But if he said 100, I'd bring it all to him. But he said, bring me the tithe. That's putting God's kingdom, what'd you say today, Pastor Sean? First. With my money, God's kingdom's first. With my time, God's kingdom first. When I wake up in the morning, before I roll out of bed, I tell you this all the time, I do it all the time, do it every day, I begin to thank God. First thing, when I get a conscious thought, I'm like, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all the things you've already done for me. Thank you for what you're going to do today, and thank you for what you're going to do tomorrow. I mean, I try to give him my first of everything. The first of the week is Sunday, so we go to church. The first, the first, the first, the first. And that's the first. That's the first thing you do is you bring, not give, you bring the tithe. Anything you give after that is a true giving. Let me say this. Anything you give after that is truly a gift. So there's three things that God asked us to do. He said, bring the tithe. Then he says, give to the poor. And let me say the poor, who the poor are. The poor aren't always, the poor are people who are unable to work and provide for themselves. God said, if you don't work, you don't. Now we help a lot of people who are capable of providing for themselves because we have compassion on them, mercy on them, and a lot of times they have children, and I'm not gonna let their children go without electricity or water because they aren't taking care of their business financially. To me, the children aren't capable, so we're helping the poor. Let me tell you what God says about giving to the poor. People who can't help themselves. This is what he says. He said, he said, you're lending to me. Oh, you lend to God by giving to the poor? He said, I'll repay you. So you don't, you don't give to the poor expecting anything back or you're not lending to God. You don't bring the tithe. You bring the tithe and say, God, I just expect what you promised that you'd open up the windows of heaven. But he said, if you give to the poor, he said, he said this, I'll break the back of poverty off your life. That's what God says. He said, I'll repay you. Then let me tell you the third place you give you give to your family. God said in his word, if you do not, 
take care of your own family, you're like an unbeliever. He said, first, he said, give tithe, give to your family, give to the poor. He said, not just your family, but also your parents. You know, a lot of people think they're widows because their husband or, or, or wife has passed away, but God said a true widow is someone that doesn't have children that's supposed to take care of them. If your mama's a widow, your, your dad's a widow, and they aren't capable of working anymore, God said, you're responsible. Me, I'm responsible. So I'm going to say amen. Guess what he said with that? He said, I'll give you long life. He said, I'll break the back of poverty, and I'll give you long life if you'll do what I'm saying to do with finances, with money. But being a blessing is even bigger than that. It's going to work with a joy. It's being around your family and just looking for an opportunity to bless them, spending time with them, encouraging them. Being a blessing is loving people, being kind, bringing peace where there's chaos. Say, hold on a second. Let's pray. Hang on a second. We can figure this out. Let's all pray. Let's all, let's all take a minute. Being a blessing brings, you're a peacemaker. You're a love giver. Being a blessing involves so, it's so much bigger. Finances are the minimal thing, he said. In Luke 16, he says, finances are the minimal. He said, if you can't be faithful with God's, with the world's earthly goods, how can I make you faithful with the true riches, which are people? with the deeper spiritual things. Then in John, he gives us another message that we need to embrace. He said, six days before the Passover began, Jesus went back to Bethany, the town where he raised Lazarus from the dead. They had prepared a supper for Jesus. Martha served. Martha was always serving. Lazarus and Mary were among those at the table. Mary picked up an alabaster jar filled with a, nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume, the purest extract of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet. That if, if your spouse came to you and said, hey, honey, I just spent my whole year's wages on some cologne I really like. That's what she did. And not only did I spend a year's wages on this cologne or perfume, but guess what? I poured it on this person's feet. That's what Mary did. Because you know what she was saying? I'm so grateful for what you've done for me that there's nothing I won't give you, Jesus. But there's another person in the room besides Mary. Then she wiped them dry with her long hair and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. But Judas the locksmith, Simon's son, the betrayer spoke up and said, what a waste. We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. In fact, Judas had no heart for the poor at all. He only said this because he was a thief and in charge of the money case. He would steal money whenever he wanted from the funds given to support Jesus' ministry. So many people in today's world, and unfortunately in our community, in our area, because there's a spirit of oppression that they let jealousy, envy start to mock. Boy, that church, if they just, what, they don't need that nice a building. Uh, uh, Bruce, what are you doing getting a new car? Why are you buying your wife that? Wait, they're always just, who? Uh, you should have given that to me, or you should give it to the poor, or you should do this, or you should do that. They always have a, something to say about someone's house, someone's this, something that. I'm going to tell you something, guys. You'll never walk in true and truly be a blessing if you're jealous and envious of what other people have. 
in what other people give. You'll never make it. You'll never be, you'll never be truly prosperous. You could, you could gain a billion dollars and you won't be prosperous because you'll always have a hole in you of, of lust for more and more money. We need to put away jealousy and envy. We need to, you know, you can steal from God. Judas was stealing from Jesus' ministry. God said those who don't tithe are stealing from him. Let's not be Judas, let's be Mary. Let's not point fingers and say, well, that old Pastor Troy, man, he bought his wife a Cadillac. Man, he could have given that to the poor. You don't know what I've given to the poor. You don't know what I've done or what I haven't done. We need to cast off jealousy and envy and get our eyes off other people and other people's things, whether they give or not. It's not our business. And focus on Jesus and being a blessing and let him take care of us. He said, if you'll give extravagantly, he'll bless you extravagantly. If you'll want to be an extravagant blessing, then he'll make sure you can. What's extravagant? I don't know. That's different to everybody. He wants us to be a blessing. Let's be a blessing to people. I said, let's be a blessing to our families. Let's be a blessing to our parents while they're here with us. Let's be a blessing to, to our coworkers. Let's be a blessing to, our, to the people around us. Let's, let's, let's pay compliments to people. Let's, let's let God drive out all those insecurities out of us and, and put jealousy and envy away and stop looking at what other people have and what we don't have and turn around and become grateful for what we do. And look to be a blessing. God will change your perspective. He'll change your very eyes. In the last days, people said, Jesus, when did we see you poor? When did we see you naked? When did we just, they, they couldn't see. They had blinders on because they weren't grateful and they weren't generous and they weren't givers and they weren't right with God. Their hearts weren't right. So they had blinders on. When you take the blinders off, you'll begin to see things. God will show you how to be a blessing. He'll show you people to be a blessing too. He'll give you a different perspective. He'll give you the sheep's perspective. When they said, when did we see you? He said, when you saw these, when you saw the least of these and helped them, and you, you became a blessing to them, you did it for me. Wow. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. Listen, we're going to end Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, Jesus entered into Jerusalem, and they said, they say, Hosanna, which means save us. Save us, Lord, save us. And they said, Hosanna in the highest. They said, save us to the utmost. Save us completely. And that's what they were celebrating in Jerusalem. And we're in honor of that, we're gonna take communion today to end the service instead of begin it. You know, I think about the mercy that God's shown and you know, that's another thing we can be a blessing with. God said, those who've been shown much mercy, oh, much mercy. I've been shown much mercy. So how do, we, how do we be a blessing with mercies? We forgive people. We just forgive them. Well, what if they don't ask for forgiveness? We still forgive them. We still forgive them. We show them mercy. We forgive them, begin to pray for them. And for those who do ask, we, we grant it quickly the way God does. God said, I, you ask for forgiveness, he 
I forgive you. He forgives right then. That's another way we can be a blessing is just showing people how mercy operates. I show mercy and give forgiveness as a blessing because I've been shown much mercy and been given forgiveness. Listen, what you hold in your hand is the, is the object of the mercy that we were shown as we just sang, the blood and the body of Jesus. I know that the Bible says don't drink or eat this cup unworthily. And so I, I wanna offer you something before we take communion. I wanna offer you an opportunity to get right with God and the only way to do that is through Jesus. The only way to do that is to say, you know what God, I believe that you're God and God alone. I believe Jesus is the only way to you and the only way to heaven. I ask you to forgive me and I accept you Jesus as the Lord of my life. So every eye closed right now, if you're not right with God, whether here or online, online, this will give you an opportunity if you want to, you can grab, I'm sorry I didn't mention this earlier, you can grab some bread and some juice out of your fridge and you can take communion with us too. But before we do that, I, I want to ask you just to close your eyes and be still and, and I want you to consider your life. Are you right with God? Is your relationship right? This is not some religious ceremony. This is all, God is all about relationships. It's about a relationship. And if you're not, you've never prayed. I was there. I sat in a church. I had never prayed. And someone offered me this too. And I, I took advantage of it. I said, God, I, I want to be right with you. And I, I know the only way is through Jesus. My life has never been the same. It's been a great adventure and a great journey from there. He wants to do the same thing for you if you've never prayed. We want to pray with you right now before we even take communion. Maybe you've prayed before and you've run away, man. You've, you've been hurt. Things have happened and you've chased after all kinds of stuff, man. Partying and other religious stuff and you're looking and looking and looking because you got hurt maybe in a church or maybe you just got hurt and maybe something happened you blame God for it God's here to tell you he loves you he wants to show you mercy he wants to bless you with mercy so we can show mercy we can be a blessing and we can forgive others so whether it's your first time or your next time here online, online, please send us a message right now. I'm going to pray. That's how you acknowledge it publicly. God said you need to announce him publicly, not be ashamed of him. So you, you make that announcement and send that message. Hey, I'm praying for the first time or the next time online. Send that message in this room. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand up and say, it's me. I need to get right with God before I leave here. That's what big day's all about is this big moment between you and God. He won't make you, it's your choice. But he loves you. He's already made his choice. He loves you. He wants to save you. He wants to restore you. So if it's you in this room, on the count of three, just raise your hand up and right where we're seated at, we're gonna pray, right where you're at. Here we go. 
One, two, three, just raise your hand up and say, it's me. I need to get right with God. Thank you all over this room, golly. Thank you, 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 thank you. All over this room, thank you, thank you. Anybody else want to join them? Just lift your hand up, thank you. Anybody else? Help me out here, ushers. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, so many. Thank you. Wow, just thank you. Just jump in here. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you. You can put those down now. All right, let's pray, church, and let's those online pray with us too. Say this, say, God, I believe you are God and God alone. And that you love me. You love us. And you blessed us with an opportunity to receive mercy by sending Jesus to die for our sins. And you raised him from the dead. And you defeated sin's control of me in this life. In sin's penalty, eternal death in the next. And you've given me forgiveness, freedom, and eternal life. Thank you. I believe that. And because I do, I ask that you forgive me of all my sins. And by a choice, not an emotion, I forgive those who have hurt me. And I let that all go as I receive your forgiveness. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord, Jesus Christ, of my life. And I receive the Holy Spirit living inside of me. Now teach me, Lord. By your word and by your spirit, how to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Wow. Now, if you'll get your communion elements, and for those of you who have not seen this before, we started this during COVID. There's a top part, little thinner piece of plastic on the top that you peel back to get that. That white spot in the middle of that is actually the communion wafer. Then there's another place you peel to get to the juice. So if you'll do that and get that out and go ahead and stand to your feet with me if you will now. At home, you can do this with us. If you'll hold up the bread. Jesus, you said in your word that we need to get our eyes off all the things in the natural and fix our eyes on you. So today, we fix our eyes on you. You're the author and finisher of our faith. You said you began a good work in us and you'll finish it. So we get our eyes off all the negative and all other things around us, all the earthly things, and we focus on you, the one who teaches us and creates in us to be a blessing to you and to others. Father, thank you. Thank you for your broken body that was broken, that we might be healed. And we receive that, your mercy, your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. You may break the bread and partake of it. If you will, lift up your cup. Father, we, we recognize that this represents your blood, your innocent blood for our guilty blood. 
And then now in your presence, we're seen as not guilty, innocent. We're seen as forgiven. You throw our sins as far as the east is from the west, and the sea of forgetfulness, and we, carry, we don't carry the condemnation, the shame, or guilt of it anymore. We put our past behind us, Father. And we look to the hope of the future. We look to you, Jesus, for hope. That today's a great day. Tomorrow will even be better. And next month and next week will even be better. Until we see you and each other in heaven together. We look forward into hope. Not backward. And we thank you. We're forgiven and free from sin's power. We're no longer slaves to it. But we're your servants. We thank you for freedom that your blood purchased for us. In Jesus Christ's mighty name we pray and all the people of God said, amen and amen. You may drink of the cup. If you can, take those with you, throw those away. But let's, let's, I know you have that in your hand, but let's just celebrate. Lift your voice. Let's just celebrate the goodness of God. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.